On this episode of the Magic Business Podcast, you'll hear this and more. What I like to do, what I'd like to do here is, what we're going to do is, I hate those, I hate those phrases. Welcome to the Magic Business Podcast, where we share insightful and delightful inner secrets about the business of magic. This is where magic professionals present their real-life experiences and their most guarded secrets to help further your career in the magical arts. I'm your host, Roland Sarlat, in partnership with the MagicOracle.club, where you can hear all of our magic business podcasts. Think about this. Our guest Oracle today has appeared in 27 Broadway shows. He's an actor, director, magician, singer, and dancer, and has worked with many show business legends like Katherine Hepburn, Angela Lansbury, Mickey Rooney, Steve Martin, Jerry Lewis, Carol Channing, Whoopi Goldberg, Liza Minnelli, the list goes on. Huge names of film and stage. And in magic, he has coached numerous and performers, Las Vegas magicians, and advised in multiple TV specials. If you haven't done more than him, it's time to sit down and pay attention. Our oracle today is the legendary Bob Fitch. Bob, welcome to the Magic Oracle. Well, Roland, thank you for having me, and uh, welcome to everybody out there. I think you're terrific. I have to give you a compliment because I looked at your website and all the interviews you've done with people. I think you've just, you're just so helpful to the magic community, and, and uh, I'm going to be looking at all of those. Each one is like a half hour, but you know, however long it takes me, I may learn something from it, too. Like I'm looking forward to it. And I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you. Well, you're so kind, Bob. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to add you to this list because you have a lot of information. You know, I was recently, um, <laughs> I saw a YouTube video of you dancing on TV with Liza Minnelli. And I love your dancing. It's wonderful. Liza has the big name, so you can't overpower her, but you're the better dancer. You know, I just feel like you're fun, you're free, you're playful, you're joyful. I love your eyes, your facial expressions. But, you know, your technique, you're so strong, it's like you're beyond confident. You're, you're comfortable, you're relaxed, you're riveting. I couldn't take my eyes off you. And that's when I realized you're doing what every magician wants to do on stage. You know, how would you describe what I'm referring to? <laughs> that's very nice. I can't get over the compliment. Thank you. It's being natural. It's being yourself. It's finding out who you are. It's finding out what works for you. Uh, I learned eccentric dancing, and uh, that was my, like a Ray Bolger and Wizard of Oz, and uh, nobody else did it. I mean, it's an old form of dance, and uh, I did it, and choreographers seemed to love it. And and it has so so much of, of your personality, and you're so relaxed in it. It's really wonderful. And I think we're going to get into some of that. Hopefully, you, you can't teach a lifetime of hard work, but, but there's some lessons that we would love to tap into your brain and in your experience today. Um, I believe you came up with five points that can help every performer today and every day. Before you tell us those five points, what are the potential benefits of us following these five important pieces of information you're going to give us? I think it'll answer the question that a lot of people come to in their life, that they realize, uh, how can I you, uh, get you at your level 
to become more artful or be better at presenting or entertaining or more appealing? So the answer to that and to the question you asked me before is, I believe it's when your ideas, your interests and your imagination are added to the mix. If you're just copying somebody or you're a, you're, you know, like a top 40s band that copies all the other bands. But when you put your own ideas, your own stories into it, you become more human. And that is what people really want. Uh, if you can give your tricks a more human appeal, because the audience wants to be touched. They don't want to just see tricks. They want to feel, they want to laugh, cry. They, they then can share the mystery. Let's find out what number one is, Bob. What's the number one thing we can all do on your list? Okay, well, I'm not trying to change anybody's life here with these ideas. These are ideas I would give to somebody to make their show better. And that's almost a surface thing, but it's a logical thing uh, in terms of finding your character or other aspects of you. That's not what this list is about. Okay, well, I have a breathing exercise what it actually does is it takes away your stage fright when you go on. Because after you do this breathing exercise, you say, I'm ready. <laughs> you know? wow, so it makes you more, more relaxed or more energetic. I'll tell you what it is very briefly, uh, as fast as I can. There's three phases to it. Put your hands on top of your head, one hand on top of the other. Keep your head straight. Look at something on the wall so you don't look around. A uh, spot, a dirty spot, picture, whatever. Okay. Breathe, lift your elbows, I mean, sorry, push your elbows to the rear. That opens up little little air pockets above your clavicles that nobody ever uses. Okay, that opens that up. Now breathe in deeply through your nose, not your mouth. Do it diaphragmatically, it means let it go to your stomach. Okay, part two, put your teeth, upper teeth on your bottom lip and and let the air come out like you're saying fully, but just the FF part, right? And don't let it go. Let it, let it go. Press the belly button into the spine. All right. And now you, you go out. And when you're finished, put your elbows back again. And the third thing is take a big breath through your nose and your mouth and lift your voices straight up in the air. And roll them down and relax. Okay, head on the head, hands on the head, elbows back, breathe in, stomach, teeth on the bottom lip. You're gonna say fooey. Push your belly button to your spine. Now take a breath in through your mouth and nose. Lift your hands up. Now do that at least three times. Do it in the morning. Do it before you go on on the stage, and you'll see your voice getting deeper and clearer which is necessary if you want people to hear you. What's number two, would you suggest? Talk to an audience and not at them. What that means is, and this is one of the greatest things, I just got a note from one of the women I worked in online. And, and this was from a Vegas performer, you said earlier. This is from a Vegas performer and a street performer. Everybody who's ever done this sees the difference. Uh, okay, this is the best example. I had a teacher at church one time said, uh, I'm a good teacher. I teach third and fourth grade, and I can't get the kids to, to pay attention to me, to look at me. And uh, what will I do? And I said, okay, I'm here in the middle. I'm in the middle. 
row. There's two rows on the other side of me. Let's practice. I want you to tell me about the new arithmetic they're going to teach. And she said, so she's looking over to one side. Okay, kids, we're going to have a lot of fun today. And this is going to be something you like. And she's looking all over the place, right to left and up and down, whatever. And I said, uh, you think you're talking to everybody, don't you? She said, well, of course. I said, that's a very good idea, but you're not talking to anybody. You're like a, a, a light on a lighthouse. It goes around, goes around to the back, comes back. It lights up everybody and focuses on no one. The trick here is to talk to one person with one thought. So I'm looking straight ahead. I said, this is something we're going to do today, kids. This is really going to be great. That's the end of my thought. I look over to the right. I spot one kid over there, and I look at him and talk to him. We're going to do, we've always done addition, you know, where we build up the blocks. Oh, that was fun. But today it's different. That's the end of the thought. I look over to the left. I spot a kid. I look at him. And I said, today we're going to do subtraction. That's where we knock all these blocks down. <laughs> now I look front again. Ah, we're going to have such fun today. So I think that example shows you what I'm trying to say. One thought with one person. And even though you're giving the example of children, you see this with magicians all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, and you have a balcony. You look one or two up there. Could be 5,000 people. But somehow the reaction of people is he's, they know he's really talking to someone. And the feeling is he may talk to me. So they pay more attention. It's a psychological thing, but it really, truly works. And just with that one technique of connecting with the audience, somehow it, it makes everybody feel that they're, you're connecting to them. Because everybody looks around at everybody, trying to see everybody. That's not the trick. One person with one thought. That's it. We did breathing. We did connecting. What is your third recommendation? How to clarify a moment. Okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, you separate the words from the actions. Okay, I have a ball here in my hand. I turn sort of to my left, and I look at the audience out front, and I say, uh, I'm going to take this ball. I'm going to take and vanish this ball. Bang, and I throw it. Okay, that's number one. Number one is I told you what I was going to do before I did it. Therefore, you're not going to applaud me. You're not surprised. <laughs> number two is I throw it at the same time as I say, vanish. I'm going to take this ball and I'm going to bang, vanish it, right? This, and I do it at the same time, so I'm confusing you with actions and sound, whether your eyes and your ears. But the third way is I'm going to take this ball and pow, vanish it. I said it after I did it. That one gets the applause, knowing where your words work, where they don't work. I'm going to take this ball and make it pow, vanish. That's it. That's strong. So you're kind of walking on your own lines in a way. That's right. But that's perfect. That's perfect. Absolutely right. And, uh, and, and it really makes, you, makes people feel like you're in charge, that you know what you're doing because you're clarifying how they perceive what you're doing. And you don't make, you're not making them do it. You're, you're pausing for the moment of action. That's right. And I'm not giving the action away or telling you what to do before I do it. 
which will kill your surprise. Appearance. Okay. Well, appearance is about your clothes and how you dress. Uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, clothes that fit the character. I'm just talking about just, you know, what I see is what I, what you're giving me. So if you're, I saw a wonderful magician and his clothes, it looked like he just took it out of a trunk. They weren't (laughs) uh, irons. I mean, it was really bad. His shoes were scuffed. Uh, I wasn't close enough to see if his nails were dirty, Uh, but I couldn't watch it. I mean, women are especially put off by that, but I was put off by it too. It was really bad. And I, I walked out. I didn't watch the show. I, I, I was just the, the, the clothes, the dirty shoes just got in the way of the show, you know? And it's like, who are you? You know, he had no self-awareness because that wasn't his that's character. Right. Well, that's a problem with a lot of people. They have no self-awareness about how they speak, how they look, how they talk. You know, it's all about, um, you know, being imaginative about yourself and not creating any rules, but just, uh, thinking outside the box, thinking vertically, so to speak, you know, uh, how do I look, take a picture, look at it, see what you think. Again, do the video, see what you think. And so all these things, these little things again, add up to our experience of the performer. And I have to tell you, looking at you performing on that show, you are in tip top crisp shape. Well, I was, that was, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, but your, but your clothes are telling you who you are, your hair all describes you. Also, I was working with Liza Minnelli, and uh, if my clothes had been bad, I would have been I would have been out of there in a, in a second. So it's breathing, connecting, clarifying, appearance, and visuals. Yeah, well, the visuals, like the use of props. Magicians have no relationship to their props. If I take a wand and I've made you believe that it does all these magic things, and if you then throw that wand down on, on the table, the audience sees that. They sees you see you not giving a damn about the props. You lied about the props. That's what they see. And also, they won't want to come on stage because they'll probably they'll probably treat me like that. You know. So they see those things. And uh, you know, uh, we used to do sense memory exercises in the workshop, getting people to relate to their props. And, uh, and therefore, like, uh, I just worked with somebody who is talking about this love he has of doing this, this card trick, and he's holding a, a sealed deck in his hands, but he's using his hands all over the place. He's talking to people and, and the hands are getting in the way of, of the audience seeing who he is and whether, and, and they have a hard time liking him. Because in five seconds, people have an idea of who you are. So your entrance and how you first talk to people, uh, how you present your trick. Uh, what's the trick supposed to do? Are you supposed to teach somebody something? Are you showing them something that you love? And are you showing something you created and, and you're fascinated or you're fascinated by this principle? What is it that kind of catches their attention, catches their imagination. You know, what are you giving them to think, uh, to feel? What are you giving them to feel? Uh, something that makes them feel good because, because you love what you're doing? 
uh, they get those little, you know, intuitively they get those uh, physical reactions, emotional reactions from you. You're saying show them is what you're saying. Don't, don't yeah. tell them, show them by your actions. Too many people are talking heads. Their pitch, rate, and volume are the three aspects of speech. If I talk on the same pitch all the time like this, if I talk at the same speed as this, if I talk without any breath, it marks in here. Pretty soon you can't listen to me. I heard a guy <laughs> with a great voice one time, you know, and I used to hear singers at auditions do the same thing. <laughs> I love my voice. I really love my voice. And you're going to love me too. And I went, oh my God, I can't listen to them. <laughs> you know, they have a great voice, but <laughs> you're spoiling it. <laughs> you're trying to show off. It's too much. And some magicians do the same thing. There's, let's slow down. Let's talk to this person over here. Do you like this? I can be soft when I say it. Oh, this is great. Uh, I'm holding this deck of cards and I love it. Maybe I should hold it to my chest. I, I, I show you the cards. I, I put my hand out there. I said, I love this. And as I say it, I put it to my chest. Now they get a feeling from that. Yeah, that, that's a huge change. Just that little action, isn't that? It is. And it stops people from moving their hands too fast. It lets the important gestures stand out, not the ones that are wiggling through the air and creating uh, uh, confusion. And sometimes we pay too much attention to the tricks, don't we? Instead of paying attention to the theater. Well, yeah, I mean, people start out, uh, I, I call it the apprentice stage, and they learn to slide a hand or they learn the tricks and all that. And when they get competent with the moves and the blocking and all of that, then they become craftsmen. But when do they become artists? When they put their own personal stamp on it. And, uh, and there's a lot of work that goes into finding out who you are and, uh, and, and find all the things that maybe you didn't know about yourself that you can use that are your tools. And uh, I hope some of this uh, helps people. It brings the audience to you. Uh, I hate things like uh, the phrases. I think I mentioned uh, getting rid of cliche phrases. What I like to do, what I'd like to do here is, or what we're going to do is, uh, I hate those. I hate those phrases. What I'd like to do, what we're going to do. No, it's not what we're going to do. It's what I'm going to do. But don't even say that. Just do it, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah, just uh, what we're going to do is I'd like you to take a card or whatever. <laughs> As you know, all the Magic Business podcasts can be heard on the magicoracle.club. And today, you are our guest oracle, that wise soul we seek out for knowledge and direction. <laughs> that's right. That's who you are. That's, that's funny. You got to tell my wife. <laughs> she needs to tell you that as well. So Oracle Bob, what is the most important question students should ask you, but never do? Why do I do magic? Ooh, heavy question. And I could say, I could add to that. Why do you do this trick or that trick besides liking it and finding it effective? What are you doing with it? Are you teaching with it? Are you loving the moment? This is, this is my favorite trick. If there's a reason behind everything, or maybe your show is themed, so there's a theme running through it, and each one of these tricks is attached. That makes 10 tricks seem like more like one, but 10 separate tricks, that's eh, a long time. You know? So you tighten your show with a theme, you, uh, you keep their interest with these ideas that touch them, 
to make them feel something. And you learn the, the rule of not doing something over three times. The, knowing the most important part of the character is or what the, um, the reason you're performing. Right. Sounds like a question we have about life. Well, it is. Exactly. You're actually, exactly right. Bob, you've been an absolute delight. Thank you. Roland, thank you for having me. This, is, this has been fun. You let me talk a lot. My wife won't let me do that. But <laughs> Bob is a living legend, and nobody can help build your magic more effectively. At his workshops, he has all his students fill out a personal assessment questionnaire. To answer those questions yourself, hear all of our Magic Business podcasts, and enjoy a vast array of additional magic knowledge, visit themagicoracle.club. I'll leave you today with a quote from the cartoonist Scott Adams. You know the guy. He's the guy who did the gazillion of Dilbert cartoons, and they were seen in over 2,000 newspapers around the world. Scott once said, Creativity is allowing yourself to make mistakes. Art is knowing which ones to keep. As always, we at The Magical Oracle wish you great mistakes and great art on your path in the magical arts. Mm -hmm.